Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony, and welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Good? Nothing? No. You look nice. Oh, thank you. How nice of you to notice. I rarely hear that. It's true. Is it perhaps my new haircut? Oh, did you get a haircut? Yes, I did. It looks nice. Every two weeks. <laughs> and I'm supposed to remember to say it looks nice every two weeks. Yeah. Right. I never do. No, I don't. All right, let's start with the Disney Parks blog. They're featuring some Halloween snacks from Disney on there. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, with their Halloween section, they, they are doing special Halloween things this month. Um, and they have some nasty treats this week. Uh, one of them is an Oogie Boogie trifle. Uh, it is from a woman on the internet called Lil Luna. These are internet, uh, I guess, influencers. Okay. Um, but uh, her, she's a mom of six. And she made, uh, shows you how to make a oogie boogie trifle, which is essentially uh, worms and dirt. Um, but it's green. But it's green. Yeah. So it's oogie boogie inspired. Um, and then the other woman from My Healthy Dish, her name is Mai. Uh, she has, uh, she will show you how to make healthy Mike Wazowski eyeballs. Because, you know, there's nothing more that I want when I'm eating a monster eyeball than to know it's healthy. That's right. It's uh, made primarily with coconut water. Which is a very interesting recipe, and some must gel- have gelatin and gelatin yeah. and sugar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, is that it? Because these don't sound very exciting. No, that's it for Halloween. Okay. Good. Um, well, not totally right because Monday the twenty sixth, which is today when you're listening, is National Pumpkin Day. Who knew there was a National Pumpkin Day? There's a National Everything Day. I think there is. Yeah. But there's not a National Tony Day. I bet there is. National Tony Day, I believe, is every day in my uh-huh. mind. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, you think so. Um. Tomorrow is National Pumpkin Day, and they have some gorgeous pancakes. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> uh, they have five recipes on the Disney Parks blog if you really like pumpkin. Uh, the first one is pumpkin pancakes, which I would have no interest in. Uh, they have a gluten and vegan-friendly pumpkin soup, which is described as a warm hug in a bowl. Are you big on pumpkin soup? I like a squash soup, so yeah, pumpkin soup is fine for me. Okay, because they're gourds, right? Yep. Squash is a gourd. Yeah. All right. Uh, then they have pumpkin bars with uh, graham cracker crust, uh, pumpkin creme brulee, which I know you okay. like creme yeah, brulee. Yeah, I like creme brulee. And then they have the uh, pumpkin twisty bread, uh, which is sticks, which they had last week celebrating Hocus Pocus. Okay. So those are five recipes you can find on the Disney Parks blog under Disney Magic Moments and under their Halloween section. All right. So happy National Pumpkin Day, everyone. Woo! Have a pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's um, there's been a new baby born at the Animal Kingdom. It's a white rhino. That's right. And you said have a pumpkin. I bet you it's easier to have a pumpkin than it is a white rhino. I bet. I'll bet you a white rhino on the way out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got that's got to hurt. You mean having a baby white rhino? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the big news is. Kendi, who is one of the white rhinos at the Animal Kingdom theme park, who we have not yet seen on the Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom show, uh, has given birth to a new calf. Um, and uh, congratulations. It doesn't say if it is a uh, baby. Uh, it's it's, it's a, a baby. No, it's definitely oh, a baby. Oh, it's a baby boy. It's a baby boy. Uh, he has not been named yet. Um, but Kendi and her husband, or baby daddy. <laughs> her husband! <laughs> Her rhino baby daddy, uh, Dugan, 
has been paired through the Species Survival Plan, which is overseen by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums to ensure responsible breeding of endangered species. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And so if anyone watches uh, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom on Disney+, Plus, um, they had a feature on Aardvark Love. Uh, they were introducing um, their Aardvark peanut, I believe, right? To the uh, peanut, correct, yes. To uh, a male named Willie. <laughs> Who just sounds sketchy as far as I know. Go. And so uh, Peanut and her husband Willie ha- apparently also had a baby. They did. <laughs> um, they had a, a baby, a little girl. She is the first baby aardvark, not only in her family, but in the uh, Animal Kingdom's history. How exciting. Yes. So they have named the baby Karanga. Who has peanut? <laughs> yes. Yes. They printed out announcements. They sent out little cigars. I like the bubblegum cigars. Uh, no, the uh, keepers have named the baby Karanga, which means peanut in Swahili. Oh, cute. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty cool. Once again, uh, they have gotten together as a part of the species survival plan, which I believe is some type of animal tinder. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you're not watching uh, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom you on don't Disney know what Plus, you're it is really great. Yeah, yeah, you should watch it. Yeah, it is a good show. Uh, okay. Um, Disney legend Marge Champion has passed away. That's right. It's the circle of life here. We give you a yeah. little bit of birth, we give you some death. Um, so, Marge Champion passed away at 101. Uh, she is a Disney legend. Now, who is Marge Champion? I have no idea. You have no idea. She was the live action reference for Snow White. And many other uh, uh, many other Disney features. So she was a live action model. Uh, at the age of thirteen, uh, her father was oh, her father was a ballet coach, and she began dancing and teaching ballet uh, by age twelve. Okay. At age thirteen, she was contacted to go in uh, for an audition for a cartoon. That cartoon ended up being Snow White. So she was the live action model that a lot of the animators. So the movements. The movements. Okay. The, the steps. Um, she then later became the live action reference model for the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio, for Hyacinth the Hippo in uh, Fantasia. Although I don't know if you really want that on your resume. <laughs> I was the hippo model. Um, she also did some modeling for Dopey um, and Mrs. Mr. Stork from Dumbo. Um, she kind of said she made it up as she went along. Mm-hmm. There really was no choreography. Right. Um, but she ended up uh, choreographing some of the dance scenes, which considering she was, you know, she started doing this for Disney at age 13, 14. Um, and uh, she was made a Disney legend in 2007 for her contributions to uh, Disney. Okay. She sounds so, actually pretty cool. Yeah. And then she did a whole bunch of other Hollywood stuff and dance musicals. And right. she was on television. She won an Emmy for choreographing stuff. So it's not like this was her one little shot at the entertainment industry. And then after um, that, she worked at McDonald's. Right. So she did a lot with Disney and uh, apparently she was a big time choreographer. So cool. Uh, very sad to see her go. Well, you know, 101, that's a, that's a, that's that's a, that's a pretty a darn life. good life. Exactly. And uh, she will always live on in the movements of those animated characters. Very true. All right. Um, over in California, um, they are going to be opening Buena Vista Street in Disneyland's California Adventure. That's super interesting. Yeah, which is really weird. So they're not going to open the park for rides. Because they're not allowed. Because they're not allowed. However, uh, they will be opening Buena Vista Street sometime in November for shopping and dining. Um, several shops, uh, Elias and Company, Julius Katz and Son, Kingswell Cameras, 
Uh, they will be open. Select dining will be available at Carthay Circle Lounge. Uh, Smoke Jumpers Grill will have quick service options with mobile order. Uh, Starbucks location, Fiddler, Fife, and Practical Cafe will be open. And vending carts will offer some of the treats that we've known to grow and love in Disney. Um, as with downtown Disney, guests to and up must wear a facial covering. Temperature checks will be in place for those to enter. And capacity will also be limited. I love this. This is their, like, you won't let us open, but you're letting restaurants and shops open. We'll screw you. you Here know. come our restaurants and shops. Yeah. So the question is, how long until they do this with Main Street? Not long, I don't think. Right. No, and that's awesome because, you know, people are really missing it. And I think that that's a lot of what people are missing. They're just missing the music. They're missing the shopping. They're missing the snacks. And, you know, of course, everybody wants to be able to go on the rides and see the characters and stuff. But just to be able to get there and, you know, be at the park Mm -hmm. for whatever it is. You know, if you're out in California, you can't necessarily go over to to Florida. Or maybe you don't feel comfortable, you know, flying. flying, You know, but you live nearby. So um, good. And it'll get a few more people back to work. Um, It'll bring a little bit more income, you know, into the Disney company because, you know, they're selling their souvenirs and their foods and all that stuff. So, you know, good for them. So let's say they do open uh, Main Street in Disneyland. How far down do you think they have it open? Do they have it open to the hub? Do they have it open so you can take pictures? Um, yeah, why not open it all the way down as far as you possibly can until... Until each of the land entrances? Right. Yeah. I get mean, to each spoke on the hub and then... You put know. up, have all your vending, you know, um, carts and stuff down in the hub. Sure. Fill it up. The thing, the major issue is going to be everyone's going to be want right. to be there. Everybody's going to want to go. And you can't be making like... you probably aren't going to be able to make like park reservations. So you're just going to be standing in this line to get in. Right. Uh, which will be And it's got to be a severely limited capacity because yeah. restaurant capacity is not that great. Mobile order. I mean, it's going to be 25, you know, if they're, if their restaurant capacity is 25%, that's what they're going to have to, I don't know. I guess that's, I wonder what it is like for like, it's, it's almost like an outdoor mall. So is there a limit for how many people can be in an outdoor mall? There's probably no limit as to who can be in the outdoor mall, but once those customers step into a store, you know, it's like when we were in, our friends were in uh, <laughs> Disney World, and there were people lined up to go into the Emporium. You know, you couldn't just walk into the Emporium. They had us. Right, but how, I mean, if you're doing that, how many lines are going to be, you just, it's just going to be lines right. everywhere. Right. The line for the Emporium is going to stretch so far, it's going to stretch past the entrance to the, to the uh, Main Street there or whatever. Right. Well, I'm sure that uh, Buena Vista Street, you know, depending upon how that goes, uh, maybe they open Disneyland's Main Street. Be interesting to see what happens. I'm just—they may need to do something where you have to make a reservation, Mm -hmm. or you have to have maybe you have to have a reservation at a restaurant to be able to go in or something. I don't know, right? Because otherwise, it's just going to be a zoo. This is kind of like the Pot Rock giving his giving the finger to to the governor. I think definitely. I think so. And honestly, if he can manage some way to have people just crammed in there and, you know, that's really giving the finger to, right. to him. You won't let us do it the right way? Well, here you go. Right. We're, we're following your rules, but now it's completely and they've, wrong. And they've already opened that one store in California Adventure uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I forget which one it was, but they, they opened a store for shopping and it has like a back entrance. And huh. um, there was some like exclusive stuff available in there. Okay. So they're kind of opening these small sections. It'd mm-hmm. be, it'd be interesting to see them open the parks with no rides. Yeah. All right. Cause it's what is it then? It, it's, it's a park. Right. Come on in and enjoy our park. Right. 
Yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that, but definitely we'll be watching. Yes. In Florida, they've added some plexiglass dividers um, at some of the attractions in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. So the first one's what? Slinky Dog? Slinky Dog Dash now has plexiglass dividers uh, in the queue. Okay. And uh, it's nothing more than, you know, a six-foot-tall piece of plexiglass separating you from your neighbor. But that's just in the loading area. Yeah. And they're just the queues. They they haven't done anything to the rides. That's not the queue, though. That's just the loading area. Like, does it go all the way? I'm curious if they did any more. Does it go around the queue? Well, we've seen them go to some of the other queues. Yeah. So I'm assuming. Maybe it's going to, but they haven't yet. That's not just the loading area. I don't know. That's all the pictures show. That is true. Um, and then they also did Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Same thing. That is definitely in the loading area. Just in the loading because area Because they right specified now. that. Um, just, you know, tall pieces of plexiglass going at the end of walls to separate you from your neighbor. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how helpful that really is if you were just waiting in line. Right. Next to most of these people. All right. Um, at Fort Wilderness, they're going to have some Halloween festivities and so on Halloween Eve, they're going to be moving Fort Wilderness to a phase two closure. Not only a phase two closure, but a strict phase two closure. And what's a phase two closure? So what that means is that guests not staying overnight will not be allowed to access the resort. Um, they will have cast members checking magic bands at Disney Springs bus stop and at all theme park transportation areas, including buses and boat uh, uh, loading areas. Uh, the reason they have this in place is because that is Halloween. We mentioned in last week's show that people decorate their uh, campsites, right. that they will be having some Halloween festivities over there. And this year they want to ensure that they are not uh, breaking any type of social distancing uh, protocols by bringing in guests who do not stay there. The only exception will be made for guests who have pony or horseback riding reservations over at Fort Wilderness. Okay. So um, I, I guess that's good. Yeah, I mean, they're doing what they have to do. I think because there's not any other festivities going on in the parks, you would have a lot of people who are like, okay, this is what we'll, you know, finish our night off mm-hmm. with. You know, the, the Magic Kingdom closes at 7 or whatever. Then we'll go over to Fort Wilderness. You know, right. we'll, we'll walk around and see all the decorations. And you just, you can't control how many people you've got coming in that way. Exactly. So that makes sense. Okay, and then um, in Epcot's World Showcase, we have an update on the cookie stroll. Yeah, so we mentioned last week that they were doing the cookie stroll once again this year. Uh, The big change this year is that the completer cookie, Mm -hmm. so when you make the cookie stroll, you purchase uh, five cookies. Right. Then you get a sixth cookie for free. Right. Um, Last year's cookie was a Santa Mickey sugar cookie. Right. uh, Which people complained about as being very bland. Uh, very thin, very uh, dry. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a sugar cookie. Yeah, but a sugar cookie can be good. So this year's completer cookie has yes. been announced to be a peppermint mini cookie. Oh. So if you like peppermints and you like mini. I do. This this is the year for you. Do they have a picture? Uh, they do not. They don't oh. have a picture yet. Because it hasn't been out yet. Correct. Mm. And this is also the year uh, this, this for this uh, cookie stroll. They're bringing back the paper passport. So during okay. during the Food and Wine Festival, they had moved to a digital version of the passport. That's so funny that they would move in that direction now. And and now they're going back to the paper pass. The paper passport, for those of you who have not been, as you get your cookies, you get a stamp. When you purchase the gingerbread cookie, you get a stamp. When you purchase the, I don't know, black and white cookie, you get a stamp. 
Right. Uh, and once you get your five stamps, then you get your free completer cookie. So uh, they're going back <laughs> to paper. Sounds so silly. It does. It's fun, though. Um, I don't think if you're by yourself, though, that's a lot of cookies. It's it's only it's five cookies. It's a lot of cookies. You can, I can eat five cookies in four minutes. <laughs> I can eat five cookies in three minutes. But if you're with a family and you, you share the cookie, you break it in half or whatever. Oh, we're sharing cookies? I'm not, I'm not sharing it with you. You know what? You can have the whole gingerbread cookie because I don't like gingerbread cookies. Okay, great. I just want the chocolate crinkle cookie. Okay. All right. Um, all right. What else do we have here? Um, some park hour extensions and, um, well, yeah, some park hour extensions. Go ahead. Talk about it. So there are some park hour extensions for the holidays. Um, and these will take place around Christmas from December 20th through the 30th. Um, and then select weekends in November, November 6th through 8th, 13th through 15th, and 21st, 20th and 21st. Um, so the uh, changes are that the Magic Kingdom will be open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. Whoa. That's a 14-hour day. That's nice. That's, 10 that's, p- huge. that's a, It's the 10 p.m. that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, Epcot will be open from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, which gives you two-hour uh, two extra hours because they're opening at noon normally, so you, okay. you get two hours there. Uh, Hollywood and Stu- Hollywood Studios will be open from nine a.m. to eight p.m. and Animal Kingdom will be open from seven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay, which is a, a twelve-hour day. So they're, yeah. they're both getting one hour. They're opening one hour earlier and closing one hour later. But nothing at the beginning of December so far. Uh, nothing. No. Okay. Well, that stinks for us. So those will be. Um, for select days in November and then that 10-day block in December, there have been no changes in hours announced yet for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Uh, I don't think that we are going to see any type of New Year's Eve celebration. No. Uh, like last year, they rang in New Year's at all four parks. I, I doubt we're going to see that this year. Right. Agreed. And then uh, once January rolls around, well, they're cutting all the hours back. Um Epcot's going to be open from 12 to 8. Hollywood Studios will be open from 10 a.m. to 7. Animal Kingdom from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And it does not have the Magic Kingdom. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Magic Kingdom will be 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah, so similar to what it is right currently. Right. All right. Um, and who knows? You know, that can change again depending upon what kind of crowds they're getting. But January exactly. is typically a pretty uh, slow, slow season. Time. So. Yep. All right. Um, the friendship boats that service the Epcot resorts are going to resume on November 1st. That's right. Somebody must have listened to our show last week where we said that they were very close to uh, resuming service because they have announced that they will be resuming service. Uh, the friendship boats um, service the International Gateway to Hollywood Studios uh, with stops in between at the Yacht and Beach Club, the Boardwalk Resort and the Swan and Dolphin Hotels. All right. Great. Um, now, with Ohana closed, so Ohana is currently closed, if you didn't know that. And where um, is Ohana? It is in the Polynesian Resort. Um, the Tambu Lounge, which is right in front of Ohana in the um, Polynesian Resort in, what do they call it, the Ceremonial House, yep. uh, has now expanded um, into the Ohana seating area. That's right. Just temporarily. Um, they figure they're not using the seating for dinners or, or any other meals. Uh, so they might as well seat guests in that Which area. Which is nice because, I mean, you have that space and you have to keep people socially distant. So right. why not? That yep. makes a lot of sense. 
Exactly. I don't know if anyone's still going over there because, you know, there's no more monorail service. Right. And, and the whole thing's, and under things construction. ripped apart, but, you know, whatever. And by the way, it's the Polynesian Village Resort. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll let um, it slide. And then the final stretch of um, pathway between the Grand Floridian and the Magic Kingdom it has been started. I'm very excited for this. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to be able to walk uh, from the Grand Floridian straight into the Magic Kingdom. Uh, they've got a swing arm bridge uh, crossing the section where the electric uh, light parade comes out. Or the, sorry, the uh, not electric light parade, the electrical water pageant uh, mm-hmm. comes through. Um, so that uh, that's big. Uh, I'm, you're going to be able to walk all the way technically from the Polynesian, from the Ticket and Transportation Center, all the way to the Magic Kingdom. Which you should have always been able to do. There's right. no reason to not. So that's great. I would like to see them one at some point complete the circuit. Yeah. I would like to be able to walk around the, the entire monorail yeah. loop. Why not? Yep. Uh, okay, and then um, going back to uh, the Polynesian Village Resort, because, you know, we can't manage to get our stories all in one place. Um, there's only a few crossbeams left on the top of the uh, Polynesian Ceremonial House. Yeah, they're going to put a new version of the crossbeam structure out, uh, and it's just very sad. There's like 12 beams left up there. <laughs> it really looks pathetic. Um, but, you know, that's progress. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, who knows why they had to take them down. It might be just, you know, structurally after a certain amount of time. They've been up for 50 years. Yeah, uh, you know. it's time to swap them out. I'm 50. I've got parts failing. Yeah. Can we swap them out? Uh, we've done one. You have? Yeah. What did you have swapped out? Oh, shit. I can't talk about it. <laughs> did you get a new elbow I didn't know about? Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, and then our favorite update, the Magic Kingdom Toll Plaza. How are things going there? We are halfway done. Whoa. We have made it to the sea in welcome. Okay. Uh, it's in the middle of the plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only four weeks remaining. Oh, good Lord. You know how many shows that is? <laughs> uh, three shows a week. Let me see. Let me do some quick calculations. <laughs> At least 70. <laughs> I think it's only 12, but still, okay. it'll feel like 70. Yeah. Uh, so once completed, the toll plaza will have the same color scheme as Cinderella Castle. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, and then Disney Fairy Tale Weddings have resumed, so that's good news. Uh, yes, it has uh, resumed. It's, it's, I guess it's good news for those of you who are getting married and want to spend eight hundred thousand uh, dollars to do your vows there. Um, but they they have announced that weddings have resumed. Uh, the Fairy Tale Weddings team is working with the health and safety team uh, so that the couples and guests can celebrate in a magic way with health and safety in mind. So, you know, everybody's got to wear face coverings. Do you think they get to take their face covering down for, like, a couple of pictures and maybe to kiss? For a limited period of time. Yeah. While proper while proper physical distancing can be maintained. So I'm assuming that does not include a kiss. Because that's not proper social distancing. Well, with each other. Well. They don't have to social distance with each other. They live together. Maybe they don't. Maybe this is their first time getting together. Maybe they're traditional. (laughs) Maybe they didn't move in their junior year of college. Well, and don't they have to consecrate the marriage after? So they're going to be together anyway. But they'll be in a room to do that. They're not doing that in front of their guests. Well, what type of of weirdo are you? (laughs) No, but they're going to be together. So, like, you may as well just go ahead and kiss at the wedding. Uh, Well, okay, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's like a personal thing. I don't go around kissing you in public. (laughs) No, no. We wouldn't want that. Yeah. Okay, um, in lawsuit news, this is a little... <laughs> Speaking of lawsuits. <laughs> no kissing in public. Um, Disney has won in a pregnancy complaint. That's right. Do you know why? No, I have no idea. Let me tell you why. Um, Steven Van Soren, Soren um, 
worked for Disney streaming service and claimed he was harassed because of his wife's pregnancy. Okay. Um, he worked for Disney f- streaming service for three years. Uh, he uh, said HR ignored his complaints about harassment and he was terminated without cause after taking his two-week paternity leave. He claimed that employees sprayed baby powder out, baby powder at him, brandished a knife at him, and made rude comments about the pregnancy. He was also concerned that his computer was being hacked because his colleagues referenced things he had only discussed at home or viewed on his computer. Sounds like he's a nutcase. Yeah, well, Disney uh, got the uh, uh, judge to rule that uh, Van Soren doesn't fall under a protected class according to Title VII. Uh, because he is not the pregnant party. It is his wife. He is only a spouse. Um, and they also noted that he was able to take his paternity leave without incident. So therefore, no harassment occurred. All right. I'll take frivolous lawsuits for 100, Alex. <laughs> and then moving to Universal Orlando, their cinematic celebration um, has some shows resuming. That's right. Uh, Universal Orlando's cinematic celebration is their nighttime spectacular uh, that takes place in um, not Islands of Adventure, Universal Studios, Universal Studios. and uh, it takes place on uh, w- with using water, light, and uh, music. Uh, it's kind of a multi-screen, so like a water screen, type of yeah, thing. very much like a phantasmic show. Um, and it takes part of the Central Lagoon, and um, they've actually had uh, three showings. Well, actually, two showings with one more scheduled. They did shows on the 24th and 25th of October, and they have one scheduled for Halloween at 9.45 p.m., uh, which is interesting because I guess they're staying open late. If they're open till shows are at 9.45, and yeah. the park's got to be open till 10. Yep. Um, and uh, it looks like these are test runs to determine if it's going to be feasible for them to open it on a more permanent basis. Well, good. You know, and uh, I'm not much of a Universal fan, but I feel like Universal is sort of pushing the limits a little bit before Disney is. So I think if Disney sees it going well for Universal and they're able to, you know, do that, that we might right. start seeing some shows come back to, to Disney World. One can only hope. Yep. And then lastly, um, some Florida regulators are looking into the theme park injury reports, which are like yes. my favorite. Thing. They are one of your favorites. Yeah. So as we've spoken about for, before, uh, the theme parks uh, on a quarterly basis file injury reports with the state. Uh, This makes them exempt from state ride inspections, which are handled through the state agricultural department. Um, But the agricultural department does meet with the theme parks annually. Uh, They are supposed to consult in September or October, but the consultation has been pushed back to January. Uh, Now, the agricultural commissioner has some concerns because of the way things are being listed by the parks. Um, Apparently, uh, they are not putting the severity of the injuries as they truly are. And, uh, for example, Universal reported that an 11-year-old crushed his foot on, um, sorry, he had some foot pain mm-hmm. on E.T. Uh, in actuality, the child crushed his foot, breaking all of his toes and some of his leg bones. Oh, my. Uh, a 47-year-old man broke his neck and was paralyzed at the end of Volcano Bay's Punga Racer Slide. Universal disclosed it as neck numbness. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it is. A third man uh, experienced back pain. Uh, when in actuality, he not only injured his back, but have a, had a graphic groin injury that eventually required him to get a penile implant. Oh, my. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a, a, a back injury. Yeah. Um, you know, Disney does it, too. Apparently, one woman had a stroke, uh, but Disney said that she just felt ill. Uh, so what the agricultural commissioner is looking to do 
is just to get a, a deeper look at the uh, way it's being reported so that they can understand what the injuries actually are. Uh, I guess one thing that they're not happy with is that a guy rode um, one of the rides in Universal, uh, the King Kong ride in Universal, and he got off the ride, went to a park bench, had a heart attack and died. Now that never made the injury report because the injury report uh, stipulations are that the injury has to take place on a ride. Okay. Because the guy had gotten off of the ride and was on a park bench. It was not included in the report. Yikes. So, um, you know, they're just looking for more transparency. Right. And uh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, of course. So, uh, and I guess in all transparency, that uh, that's all we have tonight. All right. All right. Any, any closing words? No, I have none. All right. So until Wednesday, uh, have a happy pumpkin day, everyone. I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Okay.